0: Thank you for joining us with another episode of LGB and the T. I'm your host, B-Ron. Again, thank you so much for uh, continuing to listen. Now let's get into the shits and the shenanigans of the show. I wanted to shed some light on um, actually something very serious, something very important. Usually, um, you know, I have a... You know uh, a comedy type nature when doing this podcast but there was a few things that that were brought to light within the past week or so and it's specifically regarding a child by the name of Gabriel Fernandez and if you guys haven't read up on the story or even watched the Netflix documentary regarding this child and what he endured um, I would normally recommend such viewings however due to the graphic nature of the story it can be triggering to some so here is basically my disclosure. This episode is going to be somewhat graphic in nature. It does have to deal with child abuse. So if this is something that triggers you in any type of way, I would highly recommend that you refrain from listening to this episode. Um, I believe that I'm going to dedicate this full episode to um, this story about Gabriel Fernandez. I want to start by saying that I actually did start watching the Netflix series. It's called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. And it goes over all of the key points in his mother and the mother's boyfriend trials when it came to Gabriel Gabriel was 8 years old when he passed away. The mother calls 911 and says that her her child isn't waking up. He's not breathing. They they need an ambulance. <clears throat> so the paramedics arrive they take the child to the hospital and in the story in the actual documentary you start listening to the initial story of the nurse as soon as this child comes in that she clearly explains we don't know what happened we just know that a child is injured so all of the nurses and everybody's getting prepared she was responsible for documenter, um, documenting all of the, the what's the word, injuries that appeared on the child or while the doctors are operating. They're, they're calling out certain things that she must document. She said that he had some kind of burn, like his skin was falling off around his neck. They found burns on him, as if someone or people were putting cigarettes out on him. They found cat um, litter, hair, and feces in his stomach. He had both both of his eyes were black blackened. His skull was so fractured it. When you touched his skull, she said it felt like Rice Krispie Treats. He had ligature marks around his ankles, around his arms. He had bruises and cuts and scrapes all on his arms, on his legs. They found BB gun pellets in his lung and they found another one in his groin area. She said that there was not an inch of this boy's body that was not damaged in any type of way. There was there was some form of mark, some form of bruise that was visible on him. Some she could tell that they were really old. Others were recent that have not yet healed yet. And after those doctors did all that they could do, he was transported to the children's hospital where he later succumbed to his wounds and died. This boy was eight years old. They go through the trial or the evidence of the trial, some of the evidence. Uh, Apparently, his mother also had other children. I believe it was two sisters who also witnessed the abuse. And of course he g- he got it and not and not the girls. Why did he get it? Because they assumed that this boy was gay because he was playing with Barbie dolls and sometimes dressed in his sister's clothing. Now mind you there are there are no other boys in the house. So, all he has to play with are his sisters at this point. The teachers even said that this boy came into school, he would be so hungry. He showed the teachers how to snort coke. He emulated it. Like on his desk. How to snort coke. He would come in with bruises. Marks. And even the teachers reported him to. To child protective services. Social services. There were four individual. Social. Social service workers. Investigating potential. Claims of, of, of abuse. From the show. Not once did they separate him from his parents or that boyfriend to get his side of the story. Not once did they thoroughly document the living conditions because it was fucking disgusting. <clears throat> Not once did they even remotely try. Even the sheriffs and the police department went out there for claims of abuse. So the entire system Failed this child And the parents I won't even say parents Because I don't know what happened With his biological father But his mother And his mother's boyfriend Decided to torture This child Under the assumption that he was gay And this brings to light When When people say Oh if my child was gay or if my child was a lesbian I would beat the gay out of him and I will get to that in a moment later on after I finish discussing this this boy didn't even have a room his room was a cabinet that they locked and kept him tied up in they they put socks and bandanas and all kinds of stuff in his mouth so they wouldn't have to hear him and I'm getting emotional now because I can only imagine at the age of eight you really you're really not able to grasp what is even going on around you or why you're even being treated this way How frightened. This child. Was. I'm not even going to say. Could have been frightened. I know this baby was scared. I know this baby was scared to go home. I know this baby was. Was frightened to even say anything. And even. The stories that I've read. And, and things that. 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 That come to light after the trial. It's it's crazy to think that even even after going through all of what he was going through, he was still love. He would still try to love his mom and tell her that he loves her and how he really feels about about her. And it's unfortunate that now it's really coming to light after this Netflix documentary but um, this case happened back in 2013 um, and it started streaming um, February 26th of this year but it really goes into depth of the horror and the torture that Gabriel endured at the hands of his mother who is uh, Pearl Fernandez and her boyfriend I'm not even going to pronounce his name because I don't even want to butcher but both of them were convicted of first degree murder with the special circumstance of torture Um, even the judge said that the boy suffered horrendous inhumane and nothing short of evil so here's here's what we know about the actual case now they're they're already locked up the case is over they've been sentenced it's done Um, the mother has life in prison without the possibility of parole which I wish Under these circumstances, even though I do not believe in the death penalty, under these circumstances, I wish she would have gotten death. The boyfriend ended up getting um, the death penalty for his part, even though he denied claims uh, that he participated. But he hit this boy so hard. This is what made him pass out. He hit this boy so hard in his chest or his stomach that the boy passed out and never and never came back to but here's what we know Gabriel was fatally beaten after he didn't clean up his toys so the prosecutors in the court said that um, Gabriel he was actually he actually endured this torture for eight months by his mother and her boyfriend They pretty much conspired together to deceive everyone in order to torture him um, to death. He moved in. I believe he was staying with his grandparents prior. And he moved back in with his mom back in 2012. This boy died in 2013. Catch it. When the paramedics came, he was naked and he had a cracked skull, shattered ribs, severe burns, and BB pellets buried in his body. He was declared brain dead and taken off life support on May 25th, 2013. The day that he was reported unresponsive, his mom and her boyfriend beat him because he did not clean up his toys. Okay, so apparently Gabriel does have a brother. The parents laughed during the abuse. This is what the brother testified Gabriel's older brother testified that Gabriel was forced to eat cat feces and cat litter. He slept bound and gagged in a small cabinet. The brother testified my mom and her boyfriend made Gabriel eat spoiled stuff or expired stuff. He was 12 at the time when Gabriel died. And his mom his mom and the boyfriend threatened to beat him up if he told anybody what was going on. He made, they made the other children lie to the social workers if they asked um, how Gabriel received his injuries and things of that nature. only abused him and not the not the brothers or sister. Okay. Here's something else that we've learned from the case. The mom's boyfriend beat Gabriel because he thought he was gay. So, The boyfriend, when the boyfriend would beat Gabriel, he would use derogatory gay slurs or slang um, in the process. It's... That's that whole trying to beat the gay out of a kid. The prosecutor states it's one of the first things he told the first responders when the first responders entered the house and were trying to save Gabriel's life. That he was gay, which I I don't know what that would have to do with saving a child's life. I don't I don't understand. Um, and I'm assuming that that was probably a red flag when the first responders got there too. Um, Instead of being frantic wanting to save this child's life, you're concerned about his um, sexual orientation. So deputies visited Gabriel's home multiple times but found no signs of abuse. I don't know if they didn't see... Gabriel or what What the fuck was going on but with all of the marks that this nurse claimed and the photos of this young man that you see clearly there is clear signs of abuse the deputies visited Gabriel's home multiple times but found no signs of abuse and did not file paperwork that would have led specifically trained detectives to do more investigating. Had somebody just simply done their job, this boy could possibly still be alive today. If somebody even fucking cared. Um, what else? I'm trying to to go through this as, um, as I'm trying to um, get the full details of the story. Again, we already know that the mom got uh, life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that's because she actually struck a deal with the prosecutors. Um, instead of it going to trial... She just opted, she just pled guilty because the death penalty was on the table for this case, and I guess she was okay with killing her kid, but she didn't want to die herself. Whereas the boyfriend took his chances and was found guilty, and now he's on death row. However, um, there is a Facebook post that is circulating around from a young lady. I won't I won't call out who she is, but apparently she was locked up in the same facility as Pearl Fernandez. And based on because we don't know what what ha- what's happened after the trial, after they've gotten locked up, but based on this certain pose, she said, "Yeah, the girls got her real good the moment she hit the yard and and this is just hearsay I don't know how true this is but apparently uh, Pearl Fernandez got cut in the face with a tuna can top they beat her senseless they, they wanted to confirm of course the inmates wanted to confirm first who she was, and the correctional officer, the CO, when she went to her cell, blankly said, Oh, you're sleeping pretty good for someone who just killed their child. And that was the inmate's confirmation that that's who she was. Now, one thing that I have learned about um people who are incarcerated there are certain things that they don't play about and one of those things are are kids they do not play when it comes to kids whether it's sexual or whether it's physical abuse and a lot of those women in there are 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 in there for a long time for things other than doing something to kids And they themselves have children. So it's uh, it's unimaginable how someone could do their child like that. And if you are in there and you really ain't got nothing else to live for. And you're about to spend your days or even years in there. And somebody hurts the child. They still in their mind are going to protect that child regardless. Dead or alive. And these folks ain't got nothing to lose. They gonna beat you senseless. But apparently, they the inmates collected they little locks that they that they had, put them in a um, put them in a um, bed uh, a pillowcase, and beat her with that. They took her tray, her food tray. Continued to take her food tray. Um, they beat her with the food tray. The the girl said that there was so much of her blood in the child hall that it took a whole day to clean it up. A whole day to clean it up. And anytime she, she's out and about or they, they release her, they have, to, they have to make sure that, one, everybody else is locked down, and, two, the entire um, riot squad is there escorting her where she needs to go. Because every time she's she's with somebody, with any inmate, if she is by herself, she's going to get God. Period, point blank. She's going to get God. I don't know what the boyfriend... The, I mean, the boyfriend looked pretty big. He's like 6'2". I don't know what he's necessarily going through. But I know, based on this particular Facebook post... Gabriel's mom, Pearl, she's she's pretty much getting her um getting her ass handed to her. Like on some GP shit. That's something that they don't play about. But everybody everybody that knew the young boy Gabriel, everybody that knew him said that he was He was just everything. He was just so loving and so vibrant and full of life. And to see him being treated worse than an animal. This is somebody that you gave birth to, that you've carried for nine months. Nine months. He's a part of you. His soul is attached to you. And you would allow. Instead of being a mother. And protecting and loving your child. You literally beat him to death. Under the assumption that he was gay. And I say assumption because he never came out as gay. At all. But under the assumption. That's got to be some sick shit. That's got to be some sick shit. And my heart just goes out to. To. His siblings, his grandparents i have no I have no sympathy for his mom. I have no sympathy for his boyfr for her boyfriend, like I have no sympathy for any of that. kudos to them teachers that brought it to someone 's attention. Um, the four social workers that pretty much fucking failed this kid they were brought up on charges which were later dismissed which I'm, I'm very very upset about that I wish I honestly wish that they would have been charged because they could have saved this child's life but the simple fact that they got fired and their names are all over in the papers and um, uh, background checks and stuff like that that they will never work with children again And I think, you know, deep down inside, I think that's why I really wanted to get into uh, social work. And it's unfortunate that they don't that they don't pay anything. These people are, you know, overworked and underpaid. But you kind of know that going into it. And if you have a passion for trying to trying to be an advocate for children or delinquents or juveniles or youth then the money is, you know, isn't everything. I I say that about teaching. I wanted, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a music teacher. And my dad told me that that there was no money in teaching. But to me, it wasn't about the money. It was about me teaching others the things that I learned and and my passion, which was learning how to play instruments. I wanted to be a music teacher. Music helped me. You know, when I was in the band and in in the marching band and in the symphony and in the jazz band and things like that, it was it was, you know, fun for me. And I enjoyed the experience. And I just wanted to share that with others. Hence why I wanted to be a teacher. And, and now these kids are so reckless sometimes and so disrespectful. It's kind of like, you know, well, what's the point? but I know I know for me my kid is at school 85% of the time Monday through Friday my child leaves at 6:30 I don't see him until about 3:30 when he gets off the school bus and come home so majority of his day is spent at school and if he's not at school he's sleep <laughs> you know but kudos to those teachers that, that recognized and saw what was going on and continued to make complaints, continued to make those phone calls. It's those bastards at the sheriff's office and at uh, Child Protective Services and Social Services that didn't do their fucking job and saved this boy's life. Kudos to the doctors that worked tirelessly to try to save his life. And try to, you know, revive him and keep him alive. But you know, once they determine that your brain—I mean, your your skull is pretty—your skull is pretty much gone. They beat you so bad that you that your skull are just nothing. It's nothing but fragments. Good God. oh man it's it's terrible it's terribly sad it's terribly sad and horrendous to think that that a parent or even an adult or anybody for that matter could torture a child even one day but this baby endured eight months of torture and pure hell at the hands of of a guardian and he was just better off being with his grandparents where he was because not even a year later not even a year after she regained custody of him he's now dead but we're going to take a quick break um, and we'll be right back I will go further deep into the story in our next segment when I discuss about praying well, not praying, I'm sorry, beating the gay out of your child and what that really means and how this kind of ties up to that story. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, listeners, I have an ask of you. I'm humbled and grateful for the listener interest over the past few weeks and the scores of messages received letting me know that this podcast has improved your day or week has simply been inspiring. Special thanks to the community for engaging and interacting with the show in many instances daily. I want to keep the podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. One way to accomplish this is direct listener support. Your support will help the show grow and lead it into the 21st century. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show, and the whole thing will take no more than 30 seconds. It's anchor.fm backslash lgb and the t backslash support. That's anchor.fm backslash lgb and the t backslash support. We're asking for $5 a month, but you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If lgb and the t is a part of your day or week, And you will love and you absolutely love what we're doing. Please visit anchor.fm backslash LGB and the T backslash support and support us any way you can. Thank you. And thank you for returning back to us LGB and the T. Again, I'm your host. Ron and I know in the last segment we just talked about Gabriel Fernandez and it's kind of going to segue into the second segment um, basically beating the gay away and this is a common used phrase amongst cisgendered individuals and again if you don't know what cisgender means that means that you live your life the way you were as the sex you were assigned at birth and (coughs) excuse me and it is simply a phrase that was coined against um family members or friends who people speculated or thought to be or it simply was confirmed that they were gay. And there is this notion that if I beat you hard enough or torture you long enough you want, you wouldn't want to be a part or live that lifestyle which is simply not the case and phrases like that are quite dangerous to people in the LGBT community hence why Kevin Hart had such a hard time a few like a year or two ago when he was asked to host the Oscars and uh, a previous tweet came up about he you know if his son came to him and said that he was gay he would beat him and unfortunately even though he meant it as a joke a lot of people in the LGBT community didn't take then take it as such simply because that is, that is something that we live through or we have experienced before because there have been instances when we were beat because we were different. So it's, it's not a joke to us because that's something that, that a lot of us have experienced before. Uh, little Duvall, who is also a comedian, got into some hot water when he went on to the breakfast club. It was about around the same time, a year or two ago, and said that if he was involved with the woman and found out that she was transgender, he would kill her and I don't know how serious he was about it or if that was simply a joke however that is a common fear amongst transgender women specifically trans women of color because they tend to get murdered simply because they are transgender and it's not that trans women Trans women are in the business of tricking men. Apparently, there was something that this man found attractive with this woman, but it is it is a behavior and a culture that society has placed upon trans women. To make it seem. That they're not real women. Even. After the spec. After D. Wade. You know shared. His child coming out. As transgender. It was a lot of backlash. I literally. Unfriended. People on my Facebook page. Simply Because. I don't know if they were really trying to help or they didn't fully realize how damaging their words were but it was basically like, you know, I don't care what you do, but you'll still be a man, you'll still be a woman. You just can't change your you just can't change your gender like that. Apparently you can, that's why it's called gender reassignment surgery. But you know, that's neither here nor there, but it, it leads me to think that if these are your views and these are your beliefs, then what do you think of me? So I have to I have to sever that relationship. I have to unfriend you, because if, if that's your viewpoint and that's your opinion, which you're entitled to one, I'm entitled whether or not the, to keep you in my circle. And I had to make a decision whether or not I wanted to keep certain people around me or in my circle who thought that way. And, you know, I mean, I'm almost 40 years old. I, 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 I don't have time for the nonsense or the BS or to validate um, or my existence to simple-minded, small-minded individuals. However when when you see things like this and you hear things like that it's counterproductive and it's triggering and damaging to the LGBT community this is why people are fearful of quote unquote coming out of the closet or living their authentic and true self because of statements made as far as you know, if my son comes out as gay, I'm I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. Or you know, if I find out that you're trans, I'm going to kill you. Um, and it's these statements that that have hindered the progression of uh, the LGBT community. And I was gonna say agenda, but then that's gonna that's gonna be. You know, another bullet in the chamber for them because they already think that there's a LGBT agenda simply because we want to see representation in movies and TV shows and and all of this great stuff. And they're like, you're pushing the LGBT agenda on you know on on our children. And then that was a big thing when Sesame Street invited Billy Porter on there and to wear his fabulous. Tuxedo dress, and people got all angry and saying, you know, hey, you know, we can, we can let a, a man wear a dress, but we can't, you know, let, you know, a, a white male wear a Confederate flag shirt type bullshit, and they just think that we have a we have a checklist of of what we want to to see and that's not the case the LGBT movement is simply saying like you know hey uh, we have we have human rights too. we have rights to to health care we have rights to equality we have rights to fair housing and non-discrimination that's all that we want to see we want to see people like us represent us in in politics we want to see people like us on the movie screen and on the television we in in magazines we want to see the representation because it's not all about heterosexual relationships there are other factors that play into households with two moms two dads a transgender mom or transgender dad Um hell even interracial couples so we have to be mindful of the things that we say because it it would be counterproductive of what the lgbt movement is is ultimately trying to do however as a parent myself of an 18 year old child um my son was probably about 13 years old when I came to him and told him that I was transgender. He already knew. He was just waiting for us, you know, me and his mom to say something about it. And he and he didn't love me any different. Um, but I honestly, as a parent, and the love that I have for my child... Even though I am a part of the community, even if I wasn't, I cannot see myself harming my child um, or disowning my child simply because he wants to to live his true life and to live himself. That's not to say that my son is gay. That is not to say that my son is transgender. He is not. He loves women, um, and he's cisgendered. Um, however, if he if he did decide to come out as gay or say, Hey, I'm bisexual or I'm transgender or I'm genderqueer or I'm non binary, I I would I can't see myself saying, you know what, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you because you are or let me, you know, rope you up and you're going to live in this cabinet for 8 months or say you know what you got to get the fuck up out of my house because that's the next thing they, parents love to kick kids out when when we've expressed ourselves and who we truly are um, fortunately I transgendered later on in life so I didn't have to you know go through a lot of those things I hid my my sexuality when I was a female. Um, I hit my sexuality well. It did ultimately come out and that will be another segment of what happened when it did come out. But um, even still, like now, I, I still have... I don't want to say battles because it's really not a battle but there are certain things that my parents say um that kind of get under my skin when it comes to my transition and how i'm going against um i guess god's will but if god already knew my steps before i got here but that's another segment of of religion Bible theory and and the LGBT community that that should be another topic that I'll probably cover I just won't get into it now because it it will get real real deep with some scriptures and some experiences so we're not gonna go there but you know fortunately I didn't because I did transition later on in life and I decided to live my authentic self Later on in life, I didn't have to go through the I'm going to kick you out or I'm going to beat the shit out of you phase. But there are a lot of kids that do. And I'm sure that with them coming out, they have to simply be petrified, like scared to death. Of even revealing something like this to their parents. Because we don't know that what their reactions will be. We don't know what they will say. We want to believe that our parents love us unconditionally. We want to believe that. But that's not always the case. You got to go back to my, to my other episode. L- the, the whole loving unconditionally with conditions. You know, it's that we, we want to believe that our parents will love us regardless. And in the case of, of Gabriel Fernandez, that was not the case. His mom, his, his birth mother, the woman who carried him for nine months, gave birth to him, took care of him when he was an infant tortured her own child and allowed another person her boyfriend to torture him as well simply under assumptions that he was gay and even if he was you took this baby's life for no reason if that was something that you simply could not have handled emotionally mentally whatever they give him back to his to his grandparents he was just fine over there but you got this baby back in 2012 and by may of 2013 he was dead Simply because y'all want wanted to beat him and torture him because y'all thought he was gay. And that's why these whole beating the gay away type jokes or even, you know, indications that that's what you would do if if your child came to you. And devote such a big secret and such a big load to you. In my opinion, I don't think any that anyone would be fit as a parent. If, the, if that's what you choose to do, if your child came to you with that. I honestly don't think that you, you would be a fit parent to care for a child. I'm sure there were instances where your mom or your dad didn't didn't want you to date a certain girl or didn't want you to date a certain guy. But guess what? You did it anyway. You knew this guy or this girl treated you like shit. And your parents told you, but you stayed anyway. And you know, you gotta think about what your parents did for you. Did they kick you out because, you know, you had a baby out of wedlock or did they help you? We have to we have to break the cycle of of dysfunction and, and toxic relationships. We have to break the cycle. We have to break the cycle of loving with conditions and start loving People unconditionally, and when you say unconditionally, that means flaws and all. That means everything that is of that person, you love them, you love them, you love them through the hurt, through the pain, through the disappointment. You love them in the good times as well as the bad. You love them for who they are and not what they are. That's loving unconditionally. But that's all that I had on my mind. Um, Please go to the description Um, If you have any questions or if you have any topics that you would like for me to cover, please use the email that's in the description of this episode and send them to me. I would be more than happy to read them on the show. Uh, Or if you have any letters, need any advice, um, please uh, send me an email if you like um, you can also go to the link in the description of this episode uh, if you would like to dis- uh, subscribe monthly to help us, you know, stay afloat and to continue to do the show. Again, I'm still working on trying to get some better equipment. So the um, sound will be a little bit better with the shows and You know, so we could get a little bit more structure. But again, thank you so much for joining us in this episode of LGB and the T. And I'm B-Ron and I'm out.